You're listening to the Say Chill podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Say Chill is a social impact organization that helps people see who they're made to be so they can do what they're made to do. Hey, Chip. Hey, Stephen. Oh, man. I love doing <laughs> like, these podcasts with you. They're so, they really are fun. Like, they're yeah. actually very inspiring to me. I'm glad. Um, and I like, I like, I like playing it. with you, too. It's like and a chance we get to play together. You're inspiring to me. Oh, thank you so much. No, I'm being serious. Really? Yes. Oh, man. I don't really yeah, like taking extreme. compliments that well. Well, you're handing them off to me, and I'm, I'm going to take <laughs> That's kind of the way we do it. Like, yeah. I compliment you and no, then move on. No, in fact, you're, you're, you're extraordinarily gifted. Thank you. You, uh, Phil Herndon, you guys are so brilliant. It's just, it's amazing to me. Thank you. And that's, and that, that's so great because, like, I need your brilliance because, like, we talked about before, even last time we did a podcast, there's so many things that are so obvious to me I can't see. Oh, no. And then, when they, like, I turn and, like, I'm looking right through them instead of yeah. at them. It's just like, so, so what What makes that so hard to take a compliment? Toxic shame. I mean, it's Charlie Brown syndrome. If anybody's old enough to remember Charlie Brown. I love Charlie Brown. Oh, do you remember Lucy? She was so mean. Lucy's the psychiatrist for a nickel. She'll tell you about yourself. <laughs> and she'll pull the football out from under you That's and the then thing. shame you for trying Yeah, hard. it's like, come on, Charlie Brown, kick the football. Let's join. Let's connect. Let's be together. Let's have some fun. Hey, you're on the team. And then come on, uh, Chuck. Move the football. Yeah, come on, Chuck. <laughs> kick the football. And I think that's the, 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 the fear of taking a compliment is the same fear we have about celebrating the fear we have about del- being delighted in, it's the idea that we're being tricked mm. or fooled, which means that really we're that afraid of what we need most. And because it matters so much, we're never going to be fooled again by being set up to believe it and having it. Like I've thing. wanted it before and went for it and got embarrassed with it. Yeah. You, you know what? The, a lot of times in like the marital uh, therapy work I, I do uh, and have done, uh, there's this question uh, I've I've asked, and I, honestly, I'll start a lot of times with the wives, and and I will I will ask them, like, what did you used to dream, or what did you desire before you got married? What did you hope? And I've had you know different responses to it, but like I remember one woman saying, "Don't do this. Don't, I'm not. No, don't bring this up. Don't do this to me." I'm saying, "What are you What are you talking about?" So don't wake me up to what I once believed because that is not what has happened. It's not what it's like. Don't make me want again. Don't, don't take me to a place of believing and trusting and hoping in delight and in compliments and affirmation that I have a safe place to go to, a home to be in, and someone to be with me in it. It's just, just don't do that to me. So when I say you're brilliant, I really mean it. Uh, it's a part of me. It's like, don't do oh, that Oh, yeah, to it's me. like, stay, don't do I can do feel it. Like, oh, don't God. do that to it's me. It's too good. I want that too much. I know, and, and, and so I do I. I don't want it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I love being delighted in, and I love even having a place where I can go to grieve when life is absolutely ripped uh, from what I wanted it to be or when just things are happening like I don't like. Uh, I remember I ran the peach tree uh, years and years ago, the you know the ten the, the marathon or ten no, the ten k. Oh, good. I was like, wait, wait a minute, that was a long way for even me. I had not run more than two miles because of my hip in years, and somebody gave me a, a number, so I like, okay, let's go. I want I, I want to run the peach tree, and I started running. This is gonna this I, I hate not being able to see what people is hearing, but <laughs> see their faces. But but I started because it's embarrassing. But I started running. 
And my, my goal was just to run it and not stop. So just run six miles and just don't stop. So it doesn't matter how fast, how slow. Well, and you've got so much willpower that you probably could do it. I did, but but it was just, it was just, yes. But anyway, okay, I'm getting embarrassed. (laughs) But I'm telling you, I was within the first mile, and I did not, I had never run a road race that was like people, like people were there. People were lining the sidewalks with placards and costumes, and it was a giant celebration. And I remember running with whatever, 10,000, 20,000, I don't even know how many people. But there were placards saying, you can do it, come on, run. Like they were all celebrating, all of us runners, and I took it like they were wanting me to succeed. Mm. And I, this You is, believed it. I started crying. Steve, I was running, and I started crying. Wow. I started crying because this was like, you're celebrating me? Like you want me to succeed? You want me to make it the whole way? You want my goal to work? You want my dreams to come true? Like, I'm in. And I swear their celebration uh, was my completion. Wow. And I finished. And Tennyson and William, they were young there. And, like, they like they were there, you know. You know, I was glad I could finish. And they knew I finished. But after I was over, I ran six miles. It was hot. <laughs> and I went up to this chain link fence. And I, I just, there's a, there's a rest station. After, I just hooked my fingers like claws in the fence yeah. just standing there. And then I started to try to walk, and I was realized I was taking my hands and holding on to the fence, going down the fence like claws. And a woman came up and said, "Sir, are you okay?" I said, "Yeah, I'm fine." She said, "I think you need to come with me like to the medical tent." They took me to the medical tent, and because I was like about I, to die, I was about to die. I was, but then it even got better. It's like they gave me free Gatorade, and they put wet towels on my head. I was like, "Oh, this is even great too." I could start crying. Can about I that do it too. again? Yeah, they cared about me from beginning to end. Oh. And, and I'm telling you something else, too. You know, Sonia and I, and, and Tennis and we, when they were younger, we would go to Disney World. And I'm telling you, I went to Disney World to get it over with because, it, uh, look, just as one of these things that Sonia told me, it's one of the rituals or, you yeah. know. If you're, take, a, if you're a middle-class white family in America, you've got to take your boys to Disney World. Well, I'm telling you, if you're a middle-class family in America, I mean, because we're all down there, because it is for everyone. It really is. And, and, and I remember uh, going there the first time. I got more out of it than they did. I found a safe place. It was amazing. Disney was so brilliant to provide a safe place for people where things around them were taken care of. So the second time we went, because I wanted to go back. Of course. I didn't care where the tennis and we wanted. I wanted to go I'm back. I'm going to Disney World. Yeah. And we pulled into the, uh, the station before we went up to the resort. And there's a guard, a security, you know, that you have to check your names. And I planned to be there like at 6, and we got there like 11.30, and I thought there might be rules or something. Like, well, it's 11.30, sir, you know. You see you at 6. Tomorrow. Yeah, I see And I remember pulling up security gate and came out and said, what's well, Dodd, we're here. And it's like, yeah, I said, we're late. You know, like, like I was in trouble or something. And which is a child, sort of a child attitude. Sure. And I'm a grown man. I mean, doing grown man work. Yeah. Okay. Like, hey, I wasn't crying long in the, in the beech tree, just a little bit, you know. <laughs> and I ran six miles. That's not the point. The thing I remember is not finishing the race that was being celebrated, which encouraged me to finish the race. Yeah. It's like, I was amazed. But he said, well, he, 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 after he checked us in, he said, welcome home. And I, started I, pulled, crying. I did. I pulled away and I started crying. Not hard. Yeah. Okay, so if anybody's, you know, but I judging got, you, anybody's judging yeah, you for yeah, crying. Anybody's judging. I started crying because 
we're all made to find a place called home. Yeah. And uh, and the home is a safe place where we don't have to be watchful of all the bad things that can happen mm. because some good things can happen. Mm. So that's a long way to talk about what makes us so scared of compliments. It's that they we so want them, so hunger for them to live in celebration that it makes us cry. It's like, I it really us, want to matter to you, but if I do, you can take that away from me. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot better, isn't it, to not matter or to matter only based upon how we can control through our performance. A lot safer, yeah. Yeah, because most kids are taught that they, kids are taught four rules uh, that uh, make them performers uh, over being present. They're taught that they make people feel things. They're taught that they make people in moods. You know, I make you in a bad, what I do to make you in a bad mood, Mommy? They make people behave in certain ways. Look what you made me do. I'm doing this to you because what you made me do. And children wind up thinking they can read minds. So we think that if we can make people feel certain ways, make people's moods good, make people act in ways that, that are kind, and then think the thoughts they're thinking before they find out, you know, we make people think certain things about us, then we make ourselves safe. We're literally taught performing the performing arts. Acting. T- controlling people. It's grandiosity. So it's the child's thought processes without the big life experience. This is what I have to do to be safe. So safety and performance get tied together. The, the very least, it makes me responsible yeah. for you. At the most, it yeah. makes me your God. Yeah, absolutely. And then being celebrated means you're going to let down. Like, no, I'm loving you. You're not going to perform for me. No, I'm loving you as you are. You're not going to perform for me. It's like, no, no, no. I'm not trusting that I don't have to work for you. I can't trust that. Because if I trust that and you're lying, I don't have anywhere to go. Mm. Isn't that something? Do you yeah. believe what I'm saying? I, mean, I do believe. I begin, I'm also yeah. experiencing. I mean, just in the beginning of the podcast, I'm, yeah. you affirm me. Like, yeah. I loved it, and yeah. it scared me. So guess what happens yeah. when you get married? If those four grandiose, misguided, mistaken, lying beliefs are continuing to be lived, when you get married... Yeah, two people trying to control each other. Absolutely. And figure each other out. And blame each other. And blame each other. I'm telling you, the number of times I walked in my house, Sonia's in a mood. And it's not the thrilled, oh, It's not the good mood. It's not the good mood. (laughs) I look at her face, like, and and inside I'm going, "Uh uh-oh. And I go, hey, fake. Hey, sweetheart. How you doing? Hey, what's going on? Are you in a you Faking in a like you care. Yeah, faking like I care when actually I'm just scared. <laughs> and I do care. Not the, I've never done that. Uh, no, so no, I, no, yeah, I know yeah. you wouldn't, and I don't know anybody can relate to that. But <laughs> I, I, I walk in, and, and she starts telling me a story that has nothing to do with me about something that happened that day. And you quit listening. I'm, quit, I'm done. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's not about me. I'll be on my way. <laughs> like, oh, so, she, oh. Look, so th- there's that yes. fear. Uh, fear that dominates, yeah. you know, that based I'm upon so those old grandiose right beliefs, yeah. you know. Yeah. But then, when when we can get past those beliefs, that your feelings are yours and mine are mine, and you and I can share them, but not take responsibility for them, our lives can be different. Because when Sonia has feelings, she she said before, like you just don't let me feel. I'm like, it hit me finally. I don't think of you as having feelings. I think of you as making decisions that your moods and your feelings equal decisions. 
And those decisions are bad outcomes for me. Yeah. Because if we don't regulate the big people's feelings when we're little, the outcomes are bad for us. Yeah. Like, like even the word or the idea that a parent is disappointed in a child, think about what that communicates. I'm disappointed in you. The facial structure says you no longer have an appointment. Disappointment means I'm looking at my list and you're not on it. The door's not open to you. Excuse me, no, you don't have an appointment. In fact, you're in the wrong place. Why don't you go somewhere else? Because uh, I don't want you here. Mm -hmm. You're fired. Mm -hmm. You're unemployed. Mm -hmm. So that's scary because a child doesn't know anywhere else to go. Big people, they go get other jobs. Big people go to other cities. Big people have geographical cures. Even people who are addicts have the geographical cure that there's some place I can go to escape where I am. Right. But children got no place to go except inside to hide. Yeah. Or, you know, act out too, but still they're hiding inside. So their, their needs... And we all experience that on some level. Absolutely. And their needs become less important. Their feelings become disregarded. And it's the birthplace of... So now every parent listening to this podcast poorly. right now is stop thinking about themselves as a child and they start trying to figure out how they can, what they can do to fix their relationship with their own child. And, and you know what? That's a, that is a very responsible attitude to take, um, except for the figuring and the fixing, which is that parent using their old belief system when they were children to now apply it to their children, which they've already probably done it to. Well, we all to, have. Absolutely. Yeah. So guess what? The great gift of life is our capacity to seek forgiveness. I mean, the best a human being will ever do is to acknowledge limitation and then to acknowledge what we, what we do to avoid facing we're limited, and which creates harm to each other, and say, I'm sorry. I mean, to actually- And really mean it. And really mean it. Not, I'm sorry, but, or I'm sorry, now are we good, but to regret. Uh, the actions. I mean, you know, like I the, see how my controlling behavior really does affect you oh, and keeps us from each other. Uh, look, Steve, you know, my, yeah. my, my sons are older and I love them deeply. And as they've grown, I've grown. Uh, and uh, I, looking at my life and I'm willing to do it without making up a story about, oh, here's this weighted this way and that weighted that way, this is good and this is bad. It's just that I love them greatly and therefore I have regret because I love them. That regret is I wish I had done some things, I wish some other things had been done differently, which leads me to a place of sorrow, which leads me to a place of like, hey, look, I want to tell y'all guys something. I'm really sorry I did not do this or I'm sorry I said that. I need you to keep telling me who you are so I can keep knowing you even if it leads me to regret because I love you enough to be willing to have regret. Yeah. You know, so I'm telling you because we're all going to harm each other. We're all going to harm each other. Love keeps no record of wrongs because it gets the record cleaned, not because it forgets that it happened. Do you see? Yeah. So, doesn't store resentments. Yeah. Love doesn't store resentments. Mm -hmm. Love seeks forgiveness. No. And, and, and Tennyson and William have told me some things I really didn't know that I had done. Mm. But when they told me, I'm like, uh, I, I did, did that. do that. Yeah. 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 Are you sure, you're, sure you want your mama? That <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did that. Mm. Thank you. It's kind of heavy, but. 
is it? Also, well, it is, but it's also really hopeful. But do you know what? That I don't have to stay in cycles of Yeah. And you know what? That. What's heavy, Steve, I, I know, I know I'm, I can be, like, intense. I know that I can be really in it. And it's because I know the urgency of freedom. I'm not trying to drive a person into a corner. I'm inviting person into uh, an escape route, a bridge. You know, it's like we don't have to live the way we were trained to live. We can live the way we were created to live. And, yeah, of course, we all harm each other. But the freedom is that we can seek forgiveness. The big deal. That's heavy. Well, tough. Do you know? It's either living in isolation from each other and trying to manipulate each other or admitting our need of each other and take, telling the truth about the sorrow we have with each other. That sorrow leads to gladness. The healing leads to courage. I mean, yeah. okay, so, uh, what's cool it's heavy. Is, well, sorry. Well, once, <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. That, you don't really mean you're sorry. You mean like, I'm not going to stop. No, it means, exactly. It means like, you know what, uh, it's heavy. I'm sorry that you want to run away from the conditions of life. And guess what? Your children are hoping you can stand up in them. So get up and stand up. I mean, stay in it. Yeah. You know? And so one of the ways Love that, stays. that, that Love we all can right? practice staying in, in it is to accept compliments. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's like a yeah. small way of like yeah. when someone says something nice about yes. you, you say, thank yes. you. And I'm telling you, well, I remember William, William said to me, Dad, you know what? Here's something that you really got a problem with. I'm like, oh, no, what? Because I'm ready to hear it. You know, I'm ready. He said, you won't face how great you are. Oh, God. You won't face it. And he's kind of like, you won't face how great you are. You're a great man. I'm like, what's up here? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you trying to get? You yeah. some money? Yeah. <laughs> and Sonia, Sonia, Sonia really likes me. I mean. You sound surprised. Well, it's always a surprise. And she, like, she has lived with me a long time. And she thinks that I'm, like, really, really, like, courageous and she thinks that I'm like really smart. Like she loves you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll pr I'm going to practice saying thank you uh -huh. and you're going to practice not being heavy. Believe <laughs> believing that your wife loves you deeply. Yeah. And like staying in it. Absolutely. Not trying to get out of it. Yeah. Okay. Which which speaks to doesn't it that it takes us to our neediness yeah. place. Doesn't it? It takes us to what we most need which takes us to into me see. Yep which takes us to intimacy, yep. which being known, which takes us to the good life in a tragic place. Intimacy takes us to the good life in a tragic place. This is Stephen James, the Executive Director of Sage Hill Counseling. Thanks for listening to the Sage Hill Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, anxiety, depression, or burnout, please reach out to the Center for Professional Excellence for help. For more than 20 years, CPE's long-term residential treatment programs have been helping professional men recover their lives, marriages, and families. To find out more, visit cpenashville.com.